All right, all right. Before we get started, quick announcement. This upcoming podcast, it is episode number 100, Just the West number 100. So I wanted to take a moment to give a shout out to those that have helped me on the blog and the podcast the last couple years with Just the West. On the blog side, Alex Escobar, Adam Sang, Calvin Wong, Nguyen Nguyen, Alex On, Mark Chu, Justin Chan. On the podcast side, my co-hosts, Carlo Rodas, Bobby Collins, Kevin Morrison, Michael Mason, and Thomas Dak and I. Let's go. Thank you. Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I have on the line my co-host, T-Up. T-Up, are you there? Hold up. Hey, JT Dub. I think I could get a little... I, I think I could get used to this. Yeah, this, man. These, these Tuesday uh, good feeling pods. We got a good flow, so hopefully you get a little bit more victory Mondays and vibing, vibing on those Tuesdays. So NFC West right now, San Francisco Niners, they are, what's their record, T-Up? Oh, we are 3-0. Niners 3-0, Rams are 3-0, Seahawks are 2-1, and and the Cardinals are 0-2-1, meaning that um, they remain winless, they have two losses and one tie. And so yeah, let's, let's go and do it. Let's look into week three. What had transpired for those games, and uh, talk about the lines for Week Four. How's about that to you? Up. Sounds good to me. Let's for dive into it for sure. So let's go ahead and dive right into the first game at hand. That kind of, uh, yeah, man, it, it was an ugly game. I was on the edge of my seat, and this is a game that I'm sure that you want to dive right into. Steelers Niners game. Okay, so. For the first time since like 1998, don't quote me on that, but for the first time in 1998, the, the Niners, the 3-0, uh, and this was actually, I'd say that 9 times out of 10, these type of games, especially how much they turn the ball over, 9 times out of 10, usually the, the team that turns the ball over 5 times tends to lose, but uh, no man, the Niners turned the ball over 5 times, 3 times in the red zone. Uh, there was uh, shoot. There was two fumbles by Raheem Mostert. There was two picks by Jimmy Garoppolo. Um, it was pretty ugly early on, uh, but at the same time too, the Snyder's defense. You know, out of those five turnovers, three in the red zone, the Steelers only scored six points between those turnovers, and so the Niners won twenty-four to twenty. Uh, this defense was once again pretty on point on the front for pressure, and it was capped off by a Garoppolo to Dante Pettis touchdown for the win, 24-20. Tee up, what are your thoughts about this? Uh, I guess, you know, we'll start on a high note. We did great win. I wanted to go into the bye week 3-0, and the Niners, they delivered just that. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo, he did his thing, even though he had two interceptions. You know, he extended the play in order to to either throw a point to sack. And, hell, he, he took a lot of hits. But he, he was thin the whole uh, 60 minutes of the game, which is which is uh, pretty impressive, if you ask me. 
Um, outside of the two interceptions, he had you know 277 passing yards. I think he played a great game. Um, you know, including the, the a, a lot a lot of good passes, a lot of good decisions. Uh, he avoided the fact where he could. Um, I don't know. How do you feel about it? it, it it's a really hot and cold. We could go both ways in this game. I didn't want to start out on a bad note because, you know, I was complaining like literally half the game about the, the turnovers, which was pretty disgusting. I think you and the rest of the night are faithful because, like I said before, if you turn the ball over five times, let alone all those interceptions and fumbles right around the end zone, you're going to feel some sort of way. You're going to uh, not keep it PG-13. You might say a couple of swear words here and there. Uh, yeah, man, it was one of those games where it was an ugly win, and a lot of Niner fans kind of referenced this game, this sort of win, to last year, where I'm sure you remember this too, where the Niners, they, they played the Cardinals, I think it was like week four or week five, but they had about 500 yards of offense, but they also had five turnovers, and they lost that game. You fast forward to 2019, and uh, they came away with this sort of victory, and, I mean, mind you, the Steelers, this is getting to the other side of the, of the fence, but mind you that the Steelers are without Ben Roethlisberger. It was Mason Rudolph, who is a second year from Oklahoma State. This was his first career start. And I think he had, like, what, 180 passing yards and two touchdowns. But really, if you look at it, two passing attempts, uh, two passing completions accounted for, like, 110 passing yards. You know, there was that 75-yard touchdown to Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, and then there was that other 35-yard bomb over Jason Verrett um, in the second half. But outside of that, this defense was on point. Uh, here, here we go, 174 passing yards and two touchdowns. Uh, run defense, James Conner only had, uh, shoot, he only had 13 carries for 43 yards. Uh, yeah, man, I mean, I don't know. Let's, let's put this on the other side of the fence, tee up. So they, they win, they're 3-0, and but, I mean, shoot, they beat the Bengals, they beat the Bucks, they beat the Steelers. All three of these teams aren't so hot right now. They've been they've been kind of losing to start the season, you know, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, is this fool's gold in, in Ninerland? Uh, you know, yeah, I mean, you could make the argument with it, but, hey, a win's a win. In, in the NFL, it's hard to come by wins, especially when we get two on the road and then we win our home opener against the Steelers, who were, I mean, they're not slouches. Their defense is legit. Their pass rush, um, you know, James Conner is a legit uh, running back. But, you know, our defense definitely held their end of the deal and, and stopped them when we need to. I mean, the first two drives of the game for the Niners were turnovers, but they only resulted in three points, six points. Right. So that is definitely, that's a win on, on the defensive side, stopping him because, Steelers, they were going to go home without, you know, with the loss. They they definitely wanted to win. So right. I don't I don't get why people are saying like you know, you know, they haven't played the team, blah blah blah. But you know, in the NFL, you got to win. You got to play 15 games. And as the saying goes, there's no pictures on the scorecard in golf. It's the score that matters. So same thing goes for the NFL. You get your win, and you move on to the next game. This is true, um, and. The funniest thing about this, when you looked at the schedule, it seemed a lot harder, but, I mean, shoot, the, the Niners are 3-0. They head into this bye week for week four, and then they play uh, the Browns on Monday Night Football at San Francisco. This was their home opener against the Steelers, and 
from I wasn't at the game. I know you weren't at the game either, but I mean, let's just be honest. The last couple of years at Levi's Stadium, it's been kind of dead, and some of it is due to it being in Santa Clara. Some of it is due to being, you know, a bad team. But when you heard that Dante Pettis touchdown, just the uh, the crowd, it was crazy, man. I don't think I've ever heard Levi Stadium to that type of intensity when he made the game-winning touchdown. Oh, man, for sure. Like, when Dante Pettis, when he scored that touchdown, like, and you saw, like, the energy and the hype and the whole team and the, and the crowd and the, and Greg Papa, like, man, you just, you totally felt for it. And it was just, like, as Niner faithful, especially waiting since 2012 for our team to get back into a winning position, man, it, it, it feels good. And no one could take away that feeling from us. And kind of to go off the, the state, you know, about whether this is fool's gold or not, it's like, hey, man, at the, begin, at the beginning of every season, what they say is you got to win the games that you're supposed to win, and then the games that are supposed to challenge you, you put up a good fight. And so far, we won the games that we were supposed to want to win. We won two on the, two on the road. Hey, 3-0, no, we'll take it. Let's go, baby. We out here. We out here. And it's w- one thing to note as well, because the Niners last year, they were dealt with a ton of injuries. Knock on wood. Jimmy G is, remains healthy this year, and he's been great. Uh, I know that when we saw him on his first start in preseason, on I believe it was Monday Night Football, but it was preseason Monday Night Football against the Broncos. There was a lot of skepticism about how he would do moving forward, but... Uh, Let's erase those two interceptions. Uh, Jamie G looks really good. He took plenty of hits, and he's got a 3-0 record to show for it. I think for the record, as a starting quarterback, he has an 11-2 record. Jimmy Garoppolo, 11-2. Uh, another thing worth noting, though, about these injuries, Joe Staley, they lost him last week. He's out for, like, what, like a couple, uh, like a month, month and a half. Uh, and then now, this past week, one of their better emerging cornerbacks in the Keller Witherspoon, he was the starter opposite of Richard Sherman, a third year coming into his own. It, uh, it's reported that he's got a foot injury and it's going to be out for a month. And so another question before we go to the next game is, is this tee up? We mentioned that Jalen Ramsey was kind of in the mix. Maybe the Niners should look at him via trade. Witherspoon is out a month. Uh, what is what say you on this? I mean, Witherspoon was having a great season thus far, but man, it it sucks. I feel bad for the kid. Yeah, I feel bad for them. And uh, I mean, I, I talked about it with you. I may have mentioned it before in the pod. And, you know, I would say he's the most improved player from past season so far, and I would give that award to him if the awards were handed out today. And he's been important to us for these first three games, and as soon as he got hurt, I mean, look, Mason Rudolph, he attacked Jason Verrett. First yep. play was a defensive pass interference. Yep. They took the penalty. Play right after was just a bomb right over Verrett. I don't know if the receiver put a double move on him or if Verrett thought there was help over the top. Whatever it is, is, you know, Mike Tomlin, they dialed it up back-to-back um, to the to that weak side, and, and they scored Bang, bang. So, yeah, I mean, it wouldn't hurt kicking the tires, seeing what's available. Um, we also have to look at uh, the Justin School. 
he he played well for the first half. The second half, he had uh, some penalty woes, but that was expected. After you know, no rookie is going to play a you know perfect game. Right. We were you know the nerves was eventually going to catch up to him, and you know the intensity of the game and the flow of the game, you know, kind of may have caught up to the to the young buck. But overall, I mean, I'm proud of the way that he he played and. You know, if we if the Niners can make a transaction that could immediately make them better, hey, let's talk about it. Well, they're going to have two weeks to talk about it. They go into that bye week. I think it's going to be really important for Justin School or Jason Verrett, Jimmy Ward, whoever they put on that next man up type of approach if they don't find another player via trade or free agency. But... Uh, they play the Browns on Monday Night Football. I know the Browns have been up and down, but they got to get ready for them. Justin School left tackle now for the Niners. He's going to have his hands full against a certain pass rusher by the name of Miles um, Garrett. Kind of a good guy. Pretty talented as well. So we'll see what happens for these Niners. But 3-0, man. Keep it up. Keep it up. Yeah. Let's talk about another NFC West game. Maybe not as high of intensity it was another home game in the nfc west it was the cardinals and kind of a similar situation not mason rudolph but you had uh for, from texas a&m actually uh he was actually teammates with kyler murray it was kyle allen kyle allen out of texas a&m there was a time when he was teammates with kyler murray and he gets the start. Uh, he was a fourth. I think it was a fourth round pick, but doesn't matter. He was a fourth round pick in, in my eyes. Let's just say that for now. He replaced Cam Newton going into this week because Cam Newton's hurt for the next couple of weeks, I believe. And the Cardinals. It's been one of those things where the last couple of weeks they've been having a, a lot of these moral victories. They, they tied against the Lions. They had a very competitive game against the the Ravens, and so. You would kind of assume that, hey, at home against a backup quarterback in Kyle Allen, who gets his first career start, that this is going to be the announcement to the rest of the league, whether it's Cliff Kingsbury or or Kyler Murray, that, hey, this is our mark on the league to get their first victory of the season. But what happened, T-Up? Actually, they lost uh, 38-20 at home, where... I don't know what the fuck is going on with the defense, but, you know, the first half early on, the Cardinals were there. They were competing in the first half. But every time that they would make a scoring drive, the Panthers would march right down the field, whether it's DJ Moore on a 45-yard touchdown, whether it's Christian McCaffrey on a 75-yard touchdown run. It just felt that um, they were overwhelmed. And then eventually in the second half, Kyler Murray couldn't do Kyler Murray things in the fourth quarter uh, the offense got kind of predictable and they didn't really run the ball well the game kind of got out of hand and so Kyler Murray finished the game 30 for 43 with only 173 passing yards two passing touchdowns but two picks as well um, I don't know man this was kind of an egg it was a big letdown for me I thought that the Cardinals would finally get their first win of the season Especially against a Panthers team without Cam Newton, um, but shit, man, I don't know. It's it's a pretty tough loss. Yeah, super tough loss. And uh, you know, I'm looking at it right now. And Cardinals, they gave up eight sacks. Yeah, dude. Eight, 
Kyler Murray was sacked eight times, man. That's, uh, man. You know, I even said it last part. I, um, I was expecting the first win in Arizona, especially with no cam. Uh, you know, they, they had uh, Kyle Allen back there, but they couldn't, they couldn't pull, pull it off. Uh, I'm a little dumbfounded by that. And, you know, that's pretty shocking that they gave us eight sacks. And, you know, the O-line, we knew that Arizona's O-line was not the greatest, but, wow. Um, you know, thank God Kyler Murray got out on, on skate. You know, injury free. That, that's a, I would say that as a plus. Um, on the rushing side of it, like Christian McCaffrey just like tore them a new bunghole. Twenty four carries, one hundred fifty yards. Yeesh. Just, oh man, just crazy. And then Greg Olson, their tight end, six receptions for seventy five yards with two TDs. I mean, that defense. It's uh, they are really missing their veteran presence in uh, um, Patrick Peterson. It's um, they got they. It's tough, man. I mean, this defense early on, they forced Chandler Jones forced the fumble against Kyle Allen. They were right there. Like the first half was was fine. This first half was a very competitive game. They were right at it, but the second half they just took a shits. It was more to the point where the Cardinals would do something, but the Panthers would respond hastily right away with the score, and you know, it just puts a lot of it puts a lot of pressure on the offense where. You know, let's just say you're down two scores. Well, obviously, they abandoned the run. David Johnson only had 11 carries for 37 yards. Um, you know, as an offensive line, when you're in obvious passing situations where you have, I don't mean, I'm sure you don't have that much help. Uh, you have four wide receivers, one running back, no blocking tight end. And so it puts a big strain on the offensive line to win their assignments. And if you're on the field for that long, yeah, that's going to happen. Kyler Murray's going to get sacked eight times because when you're playing from behind and you're in obvious passing situations, it's um, it's pretty easy for the Panthers to stay back in coverage. And that's kind of what happened. It was, I believe it was the, uh, it was Dante Jackson. He had, he had the two picks. Yeah, he had the two picks and he was... He was honestly he was sitting in coverage, man, because they they know what they knew what the Cardinals were gonna do, and so if they can't, you know, if the game gets out of hand like this, this is what's gonna happen for a Cardinals sell offense like this, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I must say though that there was this one. It was a pretty gutsy pass by Kyler Murray. It was the cross body, cross field to David Johnson. Oh yeah, that was somehow great. Somehow he he squeaked into the end zone. That was pretty amazing. That was I was like wow, that's that's very nice. That was around the first half, too. Uh, that was great. Yeah, that was great. That was, a, that was an awesome watch. I was like, okay, you got, you got the rookie throwing, you know, trusting his red receivers and throwing a cross body, cross field. Like, wow, that takes a lot of cojones to do that. But I definitely don't advise it moving forward. That's, that's just a path that you learn as, you, as your career grows in the NFL. Like, you just can't do that, no matter, no matter the situation. Unless, you know, you're a top-tier leading quarterback. Um, yeah, that's a, uh, that's a hard loss by, by the Cardinals. I really thought they were going to pull this one out. But, one one play in particular yeah, that, that, that kind of stands out for me was in the second half. Kyler Murray, he found his receiver. I believe it was Sheffield. He, he's, he's a, he's a first-year player. But he had him wide open. Uh right down the sideline, threw, threw a good pass to him, and Sheffield, he dropped it. 
Um, they, they ended up settling for a field goal. They were right in the red zone. And that was the drive right before Christian McCaffrey has that 70-yard touchdown run. And in my opinion, that was kind of the game. You know, it's kind of like in basketball when you miss a layup and then the other team runs the ball right back and shoots a three right in your, in your face. That was that was pretty much the game, man. You know, it was it was that sort of week. Can we uh, can we pour pour one out for uh, our boy Michael Crabtree? Oh, sounds shit. like his, uh, his career in the NFL might be uh, coming to an end pretty soon. That's right. So Michael Crabtree, former San Francisco 49er, former Oakland Raider, former Baltimore Raven, blah blah blah. Uh, he signed with the Cardinals, and I thought we'd see some Richard Sherman, some Akeem Talib uh, matchups this season in the NFC West, but. Michael Crabtree, he played one game, had two catches for nine yards, and from what I understand, they uh, they released him this week. Yeah, yeah let's um, let's pull one out real quick for him. Go 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 go. It kind of speaks volumes, right, though, uh... for for a team in need of playmakers and for them to cut him. Um, yeah, man, <laughs> not not a good sign. For <laughs> not a good sign. <laughs> Shit. Not a good sign. Maybe he'll go back with the Raiders. That'll be cool. That'll be kind of nice. Yeah, they they need some. Hey, they need some help. Sure, why not? They need some help too. So, but, uh, okay. Anyways, um, so yeah, the Cardinals next week. The Cardinals next week for Week Four. They have another home game, and it doesn't get any easier for them. The reason why I really wanted them to win this game is because next week they are playing the Seahawks. It's going to be Kyler Murray's first divisional game. And let's transition to that because if I'm the Seahawks and I'm playing against the Cardinals, I'm going to be pretty fucking pissed because for their game, it was another home game. It was at Seattle. And this is kind of like an underlying theme. So another NFC West team playing another backup quarterback. And the Saints played at Seattle. Obviously, they have a lot of, uh, I won't say bad blood, but they have a lot of interesting past history where the Saints are without Drew Brees. He had a, I think what's it? It was a hand injury. Uh, he had a hand injury sustained against the Rams with Aaron Donald. And so he's out for about a month, month and a half. Teddy Bridgewater is the quarterback. And I don't know what the hell happened at Seattle, especially because this never happens at home with the 12s. But the Saints killed them. The score doesn't really do it justice, but the Saints killed them 33-27 to in which the Seahawks, they gave up a punt return for a touchdown. Chris Carson fumbled once again, and he fumbled, got recovered. They ran it in for a touchdown. Uh, Alvin Kamara, in my opinion, this might have been one of his better games, period. Uh, he had 160 all-purpose yards on the offense, two touchdowns, and... You're talking about a game in which Russell Wilson throws for 400 yards. He accounts for, I believe, shoot, I, I believe he accounted for four touchdowns. He ran for two. He threw for two. And they lost. They lost 33-27. to 27. Just a lot of a lot of mistakes where they just really shot themselves in the foot. Um, they've been playing ugly the last couple of weeks, but they've been winning ugly. This is a very ugly loss at home. Tia, put to you about this. This was ah, this this was tough. 
you know, I'm I'm looking at the stats right now. Okay, yeah. I'm looking at the box score. I'm looking at the Seahawks. Okay, without looking at the final score, Russell Wilson, 406 passing yards, two touchdowns. Chris Carson, 15 touches, 53 yards. Tyler Lockett, 11 receptions, 154 yards. Like what? Okay. How, if you look at just this box score alone, it's like, wow, this must have been a blowout. But the final score says otherwise. Like, that is just crazy. There's the same, they did not have a receiver over 95 yards. Yeah, man. The leading receiver, believe it or not, was the running back, Alvin freaking Kamara. Teddy Bridgewater, he had pedestrian numbers. 177 passing yards with two TDs. Like, just, I don't know. This is probably one of the worst Seahawks losses in, you know, this era's history. Uh, you know, history, I guess. Sorry, say, uh, 12, but... At least I in mean, the Pete Carroll uh, history, it, it's pretty bad, man. Yeah, I guess, can we call this game the, the Pete Carroll broken nose game? Or the pregame, the pregame where he just got hit in the nose by his rookie receiver just throwing a ball at him. I don't know. That's a... And even after the post-game interview, P. Carroll was like, I did not have a good day. Like, well, yeah! Yeah, man. your nose! Your rookie broke your nose! So, for context purposes, right before the game, apparently uh, one of the rookies threw a football that, you know, didn't mean mean to hit him, but... uh, yeah, kind of broke his nose or, or some shit like that. And so that didn't really start the game out well. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, I just just to put it out there. And kind of similar to, you know, just when you put that many yards up and you come out with a loss, it really shows. And this is why it's, you know, if you turn the ball over like like you do in, in this instance, it's, it's really tough to win football games. And so they gave up that punt return in the first quarter. It was the very first possession for the Saints when they received the punt. Uh, yeah, that, was, that was sloppy. Chris Carson, this is his third game in a row fumbling. Uh, from what I understand, that they're going to continue to have a lot of faith in Chris Carson. But you got to be kidding me, man. He's Every time he's fumbled, they've lost it. You can't win games like that. And it's just one of those things where, uh, in terms of execution, the first half, right before halftime, they had a couple of timeouts. They chose not to use it, but they threw a 50-yard reception, threw it up in the air to DK Metcalf. He caught it. They were right in field goal range, but guess what? They ran out of time. You know, it, it's, it's just shit like that. Uh, they had fourth down conversions they, they couldn't get. Um, they, I don't know, man. It was just really frustrating to watch. Their pass rush, non-existent. Ziggy Ansah didn't really do much. Didn't hear much of Clowney for that matter. Um, I thought this would have been a game where, you know, Teddy Bridgewater didn't have to do much, and they still hung thirty-three points. It's just frustrating. Yeah, I, you know, you would assume like coming into this game, like it wouldn't be a gimme, but it would be, you know, Seahawks once again establishing home field advantage, but they failed to do so. So, I mean. Will they recover from this? Oh yeah, definitely they're going to recover from this. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to second guess it. And as we all know, Seahawks they fight, they they get better as the as the year goes on. Um, so 
Yeah. No bounce back. This is just bad home home loss, though. That's for sure. And it it just shows the rest of the league that the Seahawks are definitely um, they're vulnerable. You know, the Saints got them, got the Seahawks on their back. The one silver lining, Russell Wilson, like you mentioned before, 406 yards, 32 for 50. Last week he w- he won NFC Player of the Week. He went 29 for 35. Yeah, man. I mean, they paid him. He's playing like a franchise quarterback. I know they keep on saying that they're going to run and run the football, but uh, they they do quite well when they dial his numbers. So keep that in mind. And keep that in mind as well. This is a heated, frustrated Seahawks team. They're going at Arizona against a winless Cardinals team. And, you know, historically speaking, NFC West teams play relatively close. It's a, it's a divisional game, but uh, you got to kind of feel that the Seahawks are going to really bring it to the Cardinals. Yeah, and I feel sorry for the Cardinals because they're just going to get a good old Seahawks pass whooping. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Maybe. 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 Let's bring it back home now. So the last game was another NFC West primetime game. A bit overhyped on paper um, because it was kind of, I won't say it was boring, but, you know, not as compelling as maybe what it seemed like on paper. But the Rams, they yeah, played... No, go ahead. You? Say it again? Yeah, go for it. Uh, no, let's just say it was boring. This was a legit Monday Night Sneeze Fest. Sunday Night Football, it was Rams at Cleveland against the Browns. This was the Browns' first primetime game in what it's been like, what, 10, 11 years? Baker Mayfield, OBJ, Miles Garrett. I mean, yeah, you got arguably one of the most overhyped teams going into 2019. Uh, the Rams, they won 20-13. to 13, And uh, I don't know. It's not a it's not a win. Well, going back to the whole Niners thing, a win's a win. You know, Rams are 3-0. Niners are 3-0. But... You know, the the Rams, this could have... They only put up 20 points against a Browns team that was struggling. Jared Goff, he had two two picks. He had a fumble. Gurley, he was okay. Um, Aaron, It was an Aaron Donald type of game where he got his first sack of the season. Um, yeah, I mean, it was, it was a good game. It was a solid game where the defense did what they had to do. Player of the game was Cooper Cup, who was... There on every third down conversion, he had two touchdowns, I believe. What was it, like 110 receiving yards? He had like, what, seven catches? He was all over the field. That's kind of what I kind of highlighted this game as. And, you know, despite all that, the the Browns still had an opportunity to tie this game late in the fourth quarter. Um, it was an uglier game, but uh, a win's a win. Am, am I right? Am I wrong? What, what's a UT up? Yeah, you know, I'm gonna stick to what I say. Hey, there's no there's no pictures on the scorecard, so when you gotta get your win, you gotta get your win. Um, but I know this is NFC West podcast, but can we talk about the Browns just real quick? Well, they played the Rams. The floor is yours. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the Browns. What? What are they? I think this is probably like the the OKC of the of the NFL, like good on paper, but just they're, they can't just put it together. And 
Baker Mayfield, like, I don't know, when he drops back, he has this little move where he he runs out of the pocket, he always curls to the right, and then he just, he throws in stride, like, it's never a solid throw, and OBJ, like, you guys traded a first-round draft pick for OBJ, and, and in those, those type of situations where you need a catch, you need a touchdown, they're not even looking at him, they're throwing to their, to their tight end, like, what are you doing? I agree. No, I, you're not, you're not going to hear any arguments for me. Uh, Baker Mayfield, 18 for 36, one touchdown, one interception. It seems like a lot of times he doesn't stay in the pocket. He tends to roll out, like you mentioned before. and um, He tries to look for the deep ball, but a lot of times it's not there, and um, they don't really get much from it. This offense as a whole, uh, it failed to, to move up and down the field. It was only until the end where they really... Um, had a shot. Um, I, I don't know. It seems like we're going to see the Browns quite often, though, in the national spotlight because they're playing the Ravens this week. I believe it's another primetime game. And then the following week for Monday Night Football, they're playing the Niners. And so you're going to still see a lot more Cleveland football, for, for better or worse, to you. Yeah, and, you know, man, I'm excited to see see the Niners play, you know, go to Cleveland. I was worried, you know, going into Cleveland, but watching them play for these last three weeks, like, man, they are literally a hot and cold team. They, Baker Mayfield, not scared of him. You know, Jarvis, eh. OBJ, you know, could make a good argument. Other than that, like, man, I do, I am not afraid of the Browns at all. It's funny, we're making this kind of a Browns podcast, but let's go. I, I like this flow. So the silver lining with, <laughs> with the Browns is as shitty as their offense was, their pass rush, their front seven, notably their um, their front four with Miles Garrett and, uh, you know, Vernon. Uh, they got to the, to, the, to the Rams' offensive line. And I don't know if you've noticed the last couple of weeks, but with Brian Allen, Joe Noteboom, Austin Blythe, he's hurt, and so they had to use... Um, uh, second-year player guard um, to replace him this week. Yeah, this offensive line isn't the experienced offensive line of years past in which, uh, and this kind of goes to why the running game has been struggling, why Jared Goff had two picks and two sacks, but uh, they're not really protecting Jared Goff that well. A lot of times you can rely on the run game for play action, but um, he's, he's under duress quite a bit. And I won't say I'm worried about the Rams, but this Rams offense hasn't been the offense that we saw last season at the same time. Am, am I right, Tom? Oh, yeah, no doubt. It's, uh, you know, Jared Goff, when he's under duress, he, he seems to make, a, you know, not, you know, a good throw, but not a great throw. And the running game hasn't really exploded off the books other than, I mean, I guess, you know, week one with Malcolm Brown having those two touchdowns. But other than that, like, Todd Gurley's been pretty consistent with, you know, around 60, 50, 70 maybe yards per game. No touchdowns yet. Um, the touchdowns are actually coming from Cooper Cup, which is expected, who is, has great chemistry with Jerry Goff. But, you know, their defense, even their secondary, I mean, Talib and, and Marcus Peters, they haven't been the same secondary as they were last year when they were uh, in the Super Bowl. 
Yeah. I Don't think, you agree? I think the only thing that's been consistent on this defense has been uh, the front seven. You know, Aaron Donald, Clay Matthews. That he actually, Clay Matthews. He's having kind of a a resurgence in LA. He's he's got shoot. I mean, I think he's got four sacks for this year. I mean, he's doing pretty well. Dante Fowler is right up there. Their their pass rush, you know, this year has been pretty good. Corey Littleton, he's doing his thing as well. Uh, I'm really happy for the linebackers this year, but everything else has been it's been okay. It's been okay, and maybe I'm being a little bit too critical because they are a three and O team as well. Uh, maybe they're just kind of getting revved up and warmed up, uh, kind of like the Seahawks, uh, where it takes a little bit of time to adjust. But you know, they are dealing with a couple of new faces on this offensive line. It might take a little bit of time for the offense to be the offense that we're accustomed to. That's all I'm saying. Sure. And you know what? You're 100% right. You know, we're being a little bit too critical for a team that's 3 Give credit where it's due. You know, the Rams are finding ways to... There's always. It always seems to me, correct me if I'm wrong, there's always a receiver open when, when they, need, they need a catch. It's either Cooper Cup or Brandon Cooks. Sean McVay schemes up an awesome play, and they're open. Jared Goff, he makes the throw. And that's fantastic. I right. can't overlook that. All right. 3-0, and baby. Rams are 3-0. and Niners are 3-0. and Seahawks are 2-1. and The Cardinals are 0-2-1 going into week four. So, T-Up, let's go ahead and talk about the lines for week four. I have them right now. Are you ready to go, T-Up? I'll... Uh, you know, kind of like what we usually do. I'll put the, the matchup. I'll give you some of the circumstances, and you can kind of guess the line. Are, are you down? Yeah. Where do you recommend that um, I look at these lines? Uh, I'll, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. I'll tell you after. Kind of like what we've been usually doing. But um, let's go ahead and give a moment to thank one of our sponsors at the Just the West podcast. Uh, our friends at the Spread podcast. So if you want an edge going into week four, I can't believe it's week four already, but check out the Spread Podcast. It's a gambling-centric podcast focused on stats, base picks, and predictions against the spread to give you insight into the best picks of the week. Uh, these uh, these lines I got right now, I got it through Yahoo Sports, by the way, Tom. So um, have at it, okay? So week four, the Niners are on a bye, so this makes it extremely easy for you because... There's only, well, the Cardinals are playing the Seahawks. And you have the Bucks at the Rams. And so the Bucks, they've been putting up points, but their defense has been eh. Bruce Aarons has been eh. I mean, obviously, you saw that game against the New York Giants where um, he took a delay a game purposely um, to what would have been the game-winning field goal. It was like a 35-yard field goal. They ended up losing because the kicker missed. It was at Tampa Bay, so they're coming off a pretty sour loss. Uh, so the Bucks go to the Rams uh, at home. The Bucks have been scoring points. The Rams' the offense has been okay. But the Rams are still 3-0. Uh, what do you think the spread is going to be for this game, T-Up? Oh, man. Rams at home playing Tampa Bay. Uh, Rams minus seven. Seven. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know if this is going to change, but, you know, public perception, 
This is a double-digit point spread. The Rams are favored by 10 over under 49 and a half. Okay, high-scoring affair. High-scoring affair. The Rams are undefeated. The Bucks, their while their offense has been good, uh, they're still losing games, you know. So I can understand the point spread of 10 points. I don't know, man. Kind of going on the sour note about the Rams. I'm still waiting for the Rams to kind of explode and go head to head, to head with another team. Maybe it's the Bucks because the Bucks defense isn't that great either, though. You know. Yeah, that makes sense. I mean, double digit favorite favorite at home, Tampa Bay. Yeah, that that makes sense. I I can't disagree with that. Okay. Okay. The last NFC West game, because the Niners are on the bye, it's a doubleheader of NFC West teams. So the Seahawks, 2-1, and one, they're coming off that shitty loss at home against the Saints. So they go to Arizona, and by the way, I was at Arizona this past weekend. Pretty cool, um, but the Cardinals are coming off a very shitty loss as well. So two NFC West teams coming off shitty losses um, at Arizona. Uh, what do you think the spreads for this? Mm, I'm gonna put it right at the Vegas line. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. Seattle minus five. Is that your final answer? That is my final answer. Oh man, you're on the money. Seahawks minus five. Cardinals are home dogs. Five point underdogs. Over under forty seven and a half. That is. I think that's the first time you nailed the pick. Yeah, it's exactly at five right now. Okay, when are we going to Vegas, Justin? Uh, well, uh, we, we should. We should. <laughs> we should. So, yeah, no, Seahawks are going to the Cardinals. Um, I see it. So, I mean, b- both teams. I mean, I know it is a divisional game, but I kind of like what I mentioned before. The Seahawks should be pretty pissed off their loss from last week. Uh, Cardinals, this would be a good statement game if they do compete. Um, you know, Kyler Murray, he's looked good at times. Last week was arguably his worst game of his young NFL career. So let's just see how he responds. This is going to be his first divisional game, which should be interesting to watch. Uh, Kyler Murray versus Russell Wilson, pretty cool on paper, you know? Yeah, well, he, uh, I just hope it's not a blowout. You know, I want to see Kyler Murray improve every week, you know, progress not regress that's just something that i'm hopeful to see because you know there's nothing to hate about Kyler murray he's young he has a he has a cannon of an arm you know he he has quick weapons i just want to see him improve especially he's definitely going to be tested uh this week by a you know a, a, a time tested team and i want to see how they respond after a, a heartbreaking loss last week this should be very foretelling both for Kyler murray and the new head coach Cliff Kingsbury because they're coming off their worst loss of the season thus far and they're going into a divisional game against the Seahawks. So what does Kyler Murray have in store for this time around? Should be pretty yeah. cool. Should be pretty cool. And on that note... Definitely uh, will tune in. Uh, there, there has been a trade today reported by Adam Schefter. Uh, so our boy Hung's boy. Uh, Steelers Vance McDonald, his arm is um, on a sling right now. He got hurt last game against the Niners. And so they swung a trade with the Seattle Seahawks. So former third-round pick out of Ohio State, Nick Vanette, tight end, 
has been traded to the Steelers for a 2020 fifth round pick. And I know in years past, I kind of gave a shout out to Nick Vedette. I thought he was going to have a better career than what he is right now. He's currently, he well, now that he's traded, he's currently, um, you know, he was the backup tight end to Will Disley. It didn't really work out with Seattle. He was okay. And so he goes to the Steelers. I mean, we don't have to get too much into this trade, but uh, what are your initial thoughts on that? Uh, I don't know. It's whatever to me. Those Vance McDonald, you know, good riddance. And then, yeah, I mean, whatever. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I don't have an opinion on it. Okay, it's all good. So ha- having said that, going into 2020 with comp picks, predicting the comp picks, I think that the Seattle Seahawks should have uh, 10 draft picks for next year. Pretty cool. Yeah, man. Well, yeah, no, they're, they're stacking up. They could, um, they could pick up a you know a high profile cornerback, maybe uh, maybe like a Jalen Ramsey, perhaps. You know, they they, they have they have uh, some bullets in the clip for uh, to make a move. That's right. That's right. Do you have any other final thoughts as we head into Week Four of the NFL? I can't believe yeah we're going to Week uh, Four. We're about a quarter way into I the know. season. Uh, our, oh, uh, actually, I am. Uh, I might be absent for the next podcast. I'll be, uh, as I told you before, I'm going to be overseas. I'm going to be in Barcelona. Oh, what the fuck? That's, oh, shit. Time flies. You are going to Barcelona. Yes, sir. All right. going to see, uh, I got tickets to, um, I'm going to see FC Barcelona at Camp Nou. Uh, see Leo Messi, just trying to, trying to put up some points. Yeah, man. Excited. Uh, sad that I'm going to be missing your pod, but, you know, I could always listen to it and, um, on Spotify or Apple Podcasts when I'm when I'm in uh, enjoying myself in Barcelona. And that's a great segue. Tee up. Have a great trip in Barcelona. But I know you can check out the pod on Spotify, on iTunes. I'm going to be on Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Tee up. Until next time, we out here. Peace. Later.